What's this? Oh, I'm being handed a note by uh, one of our sound engineers here. It says, okay, from the NFL, if you watch the entirety of the past week's Thursday night football match between the Colts and the Broncos, then the league is offering you uh, 15 yards for roughing. It seems they have a plethora of these roughing flags and, quote, if you don't use it, you lose it. Well, who are we kidding? Broncos fans didn't even watch all of that. This is the push-off. everybody welcome to a new episode of the push off podcast it's your favorite weekly nfl show that discusses everything that happened last week while i get you ready for the next i'm your host scott hogan and joining us as always it's dan i don't like it roughing right (laughs) that's right dan welcome to uh that's that's it for week five and we're on to week six man i'll tell you what this year the Cowboys are four and one. Your Vikings are doing very well for themselves. We're very mm-hmm. happy boys. Four and one, very happy yeah. boys. But this is also a great fucking year of football that has been highly unpredictable. So True. this is exactly what I'm looking for. Did not expect the Cowboys to be four and one. Pleasantly surprised. Uh, did not expect your Vikings to be. Well, actually, I did. I expected them to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But um, we got to be exceptionally happy about the suffering of the Washington Redskins and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> The wa- the Washington what? Oh, sorry, whatever. <laughs> God, the Washington Native Americans or commandants, the commies, no, the dirty commies. I mean, and them only though. Your division has completely turned it on out of nowhere. All of a sudden, it's the NFC beast all over again. Thank you. That is what I love hearing. I love hearing <laughs> NFC beast. That's right. And then Washington's like uh, us too. It's like shut the fuck up. Get the yeah, fuck out of here. There's always got to be one. I mean, especially when it becomes that, that hot. It's like, well, then there's somebody that gets beat up on. And I love I love Ron Rivera's comments. Have you heard about this? Ooh, yes. Oh, God. He's, just he's so... tried to backpedal it very roughly no, as he said you it. Said it you said the truth, Ronald. Say it because people need to know this quote. He was asked, what is the difference between you and the rest of the very competitive NFC East? And his response was, quarterback (laughs) very simple very damning especially because daniel jones is the fucking quarterback of the new york giants which we'll talk about his game which was phenomenal Mm -hmm. it was a great daniel jones game uh cooper rush is the quarterback in dallas a backup a backup's backup we gotta love him and jalen hurts a guy that they're still not sold on in philly that's how far down the fucking list carson wentz is that's horrific Carson Wentz, pack it in for pride's sake. Jesus, retire. And I mean, for people that are going, why would he say that? And how does he get away with that? It's he's trying to explain. Well, it's his first year in the system, and everybody else has had more years in the system. And it's like, you know, of course, Cooper Rush with his backup has had plenty of snaps 
get mm. ready for this. Tons, tons of scenarios reps. he's been in. Anyways, uh, we have a full slate of games, but the bye weeks are finally here. Four teams uh, will take a rest for week six. Uh, we'll tell you who they are as we go through them. It's time for game of the week, and Dan, I let you kind of pick it this week, so let's tell the people what, what our game of the week is. Game of the week is New York Giants versus the Green Bay Packers. Out there in London. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> 27-22 Giants win. Um, we didn't pick it, so you could call it an upset. Um, weird things happen over the pond. But the Packers uh, dropped this one. They were up twenty. Well, they were up seventeen to three at one point in the second quarter, twenty to ten at half. Couldn't do anything in the second half. Giants put up a, a nice uh, second half high on them. And it shows you that the Packers scored two points there in the fourth quarter. That was some bullshit. I mean, that's just one of those run the clock out safety situations. So yeah, they were hell. I mean, second half adjustments by Brian Dable were tremendous i mean Mm -hmm. you gave up 20 points in the first half that's fine totally get it you know it's tough against the packers aaron Rodgers is aaron Rodgers, but to come back and absolutely throw a fucking shutout in my mind a shutout in the second half what a tremendous coaching job they've done they're down a lot of guys on the defensive line but the scheme was tremendous that being said on the other side of the ball aaron Rodgers has got to get more than Randall Cobb involved. He does not trust these wide receivers. They do not seem to present themselves as getting open. He is throwing dudes open, and it's looking rough out there offensively. Um, And also, David Bakhtiari is not 100% healthy. The fact that he was being held out of series in this game was very strange to me. That was interesting. They talked about it, too, uh, because there was a a discussion during it where they're like, well, they're saying Bakhtiari's not injured. He's not on the injury or anything, but... He's not in. And you're like, well, then why? So obviously that's true. He couldn't have been feeling good. They're like, maybe it's a travel thing. I think it's got to be injury-related. And you're right, too, about the wide receivers. Um, But what was weird to me is why stop running the ball? They got away from running the ball. They didn't go back to it. Aaron Jones was daggering them, and they they had the lead. And instead it was like this, it's Aaron Rodgers. We're spending all this money. People want to see him throw in London. They came out here. To the park, see the kid throw. And then you're like, whoops. And it cost him. It cost him a very big game that's going to haunt them here in the NFC because uh, the Giants aren't going anywhere. They're 4 and 1. Jesus. The New York Giants are. And now you have to, now all of a sudden you have to take them seriously because they beat the Packers. Now, did they you beat do. the Packers in London amongst Packers fans? No. But they beat the Packers in what is considered on script pay, or on uh, schedule. As a road game in Green Bay. So yeah. counts just as good. This year counts just as good. It's uh I'll put it to you this way. This is a this is a big win for the Giants. They needed this. After they yeah. came out against the Cowboys and got beat pretty soundly against the Cowboys. The Cowboys looked better in almost every facet of the game. No, you had to bring that up. <laughs> I'm just sorry. They're four and one. They're only losses. No, to we the finally have Giants there. fans probably tuning in after uh, the whole season, you know, well, uh, sorry, if, series of the push-off, they've been horrendous. That's now they're finally true. listening. That's not true. <laughs> well, sorry, yes, they've been horrendous most of, of the six years we've been doing this. They've been yes. shitty for most of them. Yes. However, I have been very pro-Giants this year. You have That's true. I've You've very taken more dumps on the rest of the division, and the Giants are the one team. I've, I've yeah. picked the Giants way more times than i picked the fucking Eagles, that's for sure. Well, um, 
<laughs> I don't think I picked the Eagles this year. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm looking at this team and I see this. The offensive line has improved. That's yep. a huge. It's young. It's fresh. They're athletic. Saquon Barkley is being utilized correctly. A lot of well, that has yeah. to do with Brian Dable. Yeah. Um, he got. He only carried the ball 13 times, which doesn't seem like a lot, but he was u- being used correctly. And they're moving Daniel Jones. So Brian Dable is. I'm not gonna go crazy here and say he's doing for Daniel Jones what he did for Josh Allen, but right. you can definitely see a little. A little rhyming in the things he's trying to do. He's obviously doesn't have the arm that Allen has, doesn't have the athletic ability, but he's he's a he's a step down. But he's got similar tool sets, none of them as incredible. Um, now I, I think so it's, it's going to make you feel. N- I didn't mean to cut you off. It's going to no, make no. you feel nice though that what this probably means is it's given the Giants a pretty good uh, record, so they're going to be in a weird spot to pick somebody to take Daniel Jones' spot. Going for the future, so Brian Dable is going to be stuck with him. I think know? so. I mean, if the Giants wind up going, it's very hard to get a quality quarterback. You can ask the Giants. Uh, it's very hard to get oh, yeah. a quality quarterback in the middle of the first round. Um, it's tough. It's a tough fucking road road to hoe. But um, I don't I think there's this free agency. This yeah. Daniel Jones does not need to be replaced. But the only way they're going to be able to really True. hold on to him is to franchise him. So no yeah. matter what happens, you're going to overpay for Daniel Jones next year. Either you will or someone else will, but he has not looked horrible. They love to show the bloody hand, uh, but he was running hard. He was making good decisions in the second half, and he really did win them this game. So, yeah. you know, I'll shit on him when I need to shit on him, but Daniel Jones <laughs> is having a very good Daniel Jones type year. He actually reminds me more of um, the year when Ryan Tannehill emerged in Tennessee. Does okay. that make that's sense? A good point. So yeah. I, I would say that's a little attaboy for you. Is they remind me a little bit of Ryan Tannehill's early Tennessee years. Yeah, and you're right. Saquon had a great game, over 106 or 106 total yards from scrimmage. Uh, the the one long one he broke off there in the second half was almost like built up the comeback for the Giants. Um, the nice stand at the end of the game, two straight deflected passes on Rodgers. Uh, I didn't quite understand why you don't run it with Saquon when you knew you couldn't fully run the clock out kneeling on it. Like it just takes some math there to be like, this isn't compute. You're going to have to, so that you're right. That safety at the end was like, well, that's cause you guys, if you handed it off a couple times to Saquon, maybe even the plays got a little bit longer, but I guess you risk fumbling it. Well, you do. So, I mean, basically what your worry becomes is you're worried about the defense going full strip. Yeah. Full out strip. So you're basically saying, hey, whatever you can do takes much time off the clock. And then you're basically trying to pin them far back on a decent punt return or on a decent uh, safety kickoff. And that's where you want to be. So I understand it. I I get it. Um, The thing I was worried about is it it brought hmm. it down to less than a score. So, yeah. you know, you got to make you a little bit nervous, but Aaron Rodgers only had 11 seconds, so that's not too bad. He's done it before. He's done it to the Giants before. I'm sure they were sweating it, but, uh, yeah, it didn't it ended up not mattering. Uh, Giants win and a big one across the pond. Let's continue on with the primetime one uh, Sunday night. The Ravens beating the Bengals. Um, I picked this one over you, Dan, but it mm-hmm. was very tight. 10 uh, all at the half. The Bengals end up taking their the lead 17-16 with under two minutes in this one, but you left too much time for Tucker, 
who kicked four field goals in this one. It's been a while since I remember some them interviewing a kicker after a game. Unless and I think it was yeah, just no, it's Tucker. been a long while. <laughs> yeah, it probably was the last time it was Tucker too. But this was a great game to watch. Oh, this was a ton of fun. I mean, this was a an AFC North classic sort of matchup. The defenses were playing well. The offenses were taking every opportunity they were given, but they were not given many. Um, yeah. You know, Lamar was trying to make plays. Joe Burrow was trying to make plays. But both of these defenses are really pretty good. Maybe underrated, uh, the Cincinnati defense. And, yeah, I mean, this one was a fucking blast to watch, even though there wasn't a lot of explosives. I was I was hoping for more Jamar Chase passes, more Lamar Jackson runs, but it wound up being pretty fun regardless. Um, it, it was a little anemic, to be honest with you, in the second half of football, but uh, the final final three minutes more than made up for it. And, uh, you know, you talk about having Aaron Rodgers and being worried with a five-point lead. Uh, you got to be worried with a one- or two-point lead when they've got Justin Tucker, who can kick it from fucking anywhere. Yeah. Um, that dude just doesn't seem to miss, dude. It's insane. Um, the, you're right. I think this was like a two uh, divisional teams deciding they didn't want to take too many risks and, and outstep each other. And so we saw a lot of them stuck at 10 all at uh, uh, 16-10 when the Ravens kicked those field goals. It was that for a while. You're right in the game. Um, what was uh, interesting about this is the Bengals turned it on when they finally needed to. And it seemed like that was always there. But then when the Ravens, it doesn't take you know much to get in Tucker's range. Every time I looked up, I thought it was uh, Andrews making great catches. And then you look at the stats, and he still had under 100 yards. He had eight yep. catches, eight catches. But he still had under 100 yards, and I was like, wow. I mean, because he was grabbing the ball everywhere in this field. So nobody, like you're right, had blow-up numbers in this game. Both quarterbacks threw interceptions, so they didn't have flawless games. But, hey, man, that's a divisional game. These are yeah. probably the two teams in this division, I feel. Well, the stats, they are kind of. The stats don't tell the story. I think the things that really do tell the story is uh, turnover on downs. Cincinnati had the ball for 18 plays, went 50 yards in eight minutes. That's too many plays to go 50 yards. Right. Which grinding it. They're just grinding that shit out. And then the next drive, the fucking Ravens have a 16-play drive that goes 90. And it goes in eight minutes. So you basically eat up an entire quarter with two drives. That is some fucking absolute lunch pail work on the offensive side and the defensive side of the football. So, you know, I I appreciate I appreciate a game like this. The game like this is real fucking football to me. I love At the that end shit. of a long, long Sunday that started with that Giants one uh early morning when I mean this one was the very end of uh fifteen hours. Yeah, <laughs> of it's football a lot on our butts. So uh thank you guys so much. What this leads us to talk about is the three and two Ravens playing the four and one Giants in New York this Sunday. Um Dan we will get to the picks, but you are picking first again this week. Please tell me who you're taking in the Ravens-Giants. I have to go with my beloved Baltimore Ravens. I know I've been pro-Giants on this thing, but I love me some Lamar. And if you want to see how to make a rushing quarterback work, uh, I know Brian Dable saw it firsthand with Josh Allen, but he's going to see it again with Lamar. I, mm-hmm. I just have to believe these Ravens are going to get it moving uh, here one of these days, and so I'm, I'm picking the Ravens. Yeah, no, because the Giants took that win from Green Bay, I think uh, it proves that they can be in this one, that they'll, they won't 
roll over on them. But, you know, I like the Ravens quite a bit still this year, too. And uh, that was a big win they had against, this, I think, a good Bengals team. Bengals team's finally figuring it out. So I'm with you. I like the Ravens on the road. Let's talk about the uh, track meet from this week, Seahawks at Saints. <laughs> 32-39. Uh, this one was just a fun one back and forth. Seahawks are getting involved in some fucking track meets, man. I'm telling you. It, the last two weeks, they did it in Detroit, and now here they are in New Orleans doing the same thing. This one, they come up short with the Pacino Smith. Uh, three touchdowns. He's leading the league in, I think, touchdowns right now. I think it's quarterback um, rating. <laughs> quarterback rating, <laughs> he certainly it. is. With two to lock it, um, and then Dalton started this one again, but it was mostly when Taysom Hill came in as he had a touchdown pass, 112 yards rushing, three of them touchdown rushes. So four total touchdowns for Taysom Hill in this one. And Kamara then, 194 total yards from scrimmage himself. So the but, Saints figured out these guys can move this offense, and it worked. As a Taysom Hill, uh, sorry, as an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, I'm outraged. Yeah. Outraged. Uh, somebody, somebody certainly stole some uh, God, some tutties from you. I mean, I definitely I won both leagues this week, but ooh boy, ooh boy, could have used <laughs> that to set a personal best. Um, this is the way this needs to go. I mean, Andy Dalton, I, when Jameis comes back, I don't know if Andy Dalton's giving the job back. Um, this offense has looked better with him in it than it ever did with Jameis. He's running better. He's running more than Jameis was. He seems more mobile. He's putting the ball into playmakers' hands and doesn't seem to throw bad fucking picks. There is no reason to go back to Jameis after something like this, especially getting Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara back up to speed. The Saints don't look like a world beater, but this looks like a team on the edge of a wild card. I thought that too, even when uh, Jameis was in there. Now, Jameis, you're right, had some disappearing acts, but... I don't think Dalton is the is the savior you're you're making him out to be. Uh, this is the Seahawks, my guy. I don't think um, it's savior. I don't think it's savior. I think it's steady hand. I think we sell two teams that don't play defense a lot. Really. Well, that too. <laughs> um, and but for more of the Saints, I think let up. It was nineteen to seventeen at the half, and then they took a nice lead because it was to start the fourth quarter, thirty-one to nineteen. So Saints jumped up on them, and maybe they kind of took off the, the the heat because then they lost the lead. Seahawks answered. They were took over 32 to 31 after a 69-yard run by the rookie. That was a fun uh play. Kenneth Walker. There was a lot of fun plays in this game, Kenneth Walker. So, of a game that will probably get lost in the shuffle of the rest of this great year, as you said, great season of the NFL. This one uh, was just a fun one to see a couple plays of. Um, the Rashad yeah. Penny injury does hurt them yeah. and Rashad Penny. So I mean that's cuz he was really coming into his own yeah, lately. He was. Too. This was this was his best year so far and to have that tib fracture that's fucking tremendous, man. I hate that. Kenneth Walker's answered uh immediately by one of Taysom Hill's uh touchdowns. It was a 60-yard run. Uh CX just had one more drive even after that. Couldn't put it together. So Saints win the big one. They are back at home, but the Bengals come to town. So here's an even bigger test for these Saints that you think maybe are putting stuff together. I don't even know if it's Dalton or if they're going to try to get uh, Jameis back in there at the back injury for next week. I have not heard. Does Why it rush matter? him? Why rush right. him? Doesn't make sense. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it's Bengals. Um, the Bengals are just look like a more complete team. 
Um, the Bengals have a quarterback, and uh, no matter who is in there for the Saints, I don't think they do. So I'm I'm pick, taking the Bengals on this one. Yeah, this is uh, two teams that don't know each other very well, but I, I gotta like the Bengals as far as a you know on paper more. They've got to shut down a run team though, a run first team in the Saints now. I think if they're figuring out with Taysom Hill, with Alvin Kamara, that's how you move the Saints offense. So. Can the Bengals do that? I think their defense showed that they could do that pretty well against the Ravens. So, yeah, give me the Bengals too. Um, let's continue with – oh, this is just another one that I picked correctly. The Eagles beating the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, strange now, how that works. <laughs> the only reason why this kind of went my way is you desperately will not pick the Eagles even when yep. you believe that they will win. But, hey, I'll take them where I can. 20-17. to 17. This was a tight one, though. This was a fun one, and it came down to the end. Hurts uh, ran in two touchdowns. Murray threw a touchdown, threw a pick. Eagles had a 14-10 to 10 lead at half. So there wasn't, yeah, this one was tight moving, not a lot of points. Murray had a chance to get him a better spot, but uh, slid there on that third and one or second and one pops up on the third and one and has to spike it or doesn't have to there was some miscommunication there he's blaming his his coaching staff i'm interested in your thoughts on that but the field goal misses with like 22 seconds on the clock and it was a what was it a 51 yard or something yeah it's a little long i mean it was long i i get it i mean you don't want to you don't want to rush your field goal team out there um I, I think it makes sense. I mean, I I would kind of wait for everybody to get set up, let the communication get into your helmet, but it, they just seemed uh, in a bit of a rush, man. I I mean, it wasn't a well-played game on either side, though. I think he thought he had the first down, or they thought somebody thought that he made the line to gain. From our view, it was obvious that he slid, and you you set the ball from where the quarterback starts to where slide, slide. In, that, in that play, so... That's where it had to be. It had to be right there before the first down. And if you're counting, because the announcer said it immediately too. I forget who was on that game, but he goes, "Well, now I don't know what they should do here because," and that was true. It was like, yeah, as soon as you spike it, I mean, at least line up and go. All right, well, if we can't pick up a yard and then spike it, I'm gonna sit on, you know, stand there and let it clock down and then spike. Uh, Kirk did, Cousins did that one game last year. He, they all ran up to the line, and then he didn't hike it, and he didn't hike it. And I'm like, why didn't he hike it? And he come back and realize, oh, he waited till there was like six seconds left in this yeah. game. And he goes, now I'm going to do it. So that was Murray thought he had the line to gain. He thought he had a first down, and he spikes it on third. I mean, maybe if he'd studied film more, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, maybe spend a little bit more time uh, in the film room, he would have been fine. Cardinals offense disappeared at times in this game they showed Um, up in the second half but i mean this was yeah yeah. i mean it wasn't it wasn't a good i i didn't find this game very fun i don't think either jalen hurts or kyler murray were at the top of their game and i thought this was going to be a you know little tiny qb scramble fest and it, it wound up being a pretty middling game by both guys this one felt more like the eagles were kind of coming down to earth uh, than the uh, games prior. That's true. And the Cardinals, it was a t- trip out west and stuff like that for them. So maybe the Eagles are, are fallible. There's an interesting one coming up. But first, before the Eagles next week's game, I want to talk about next week's Cardinals game where they go on the road to the Seahawks. Cardinals have to take on another bird team. 
one after birds. another. Just nonstop bird bird strikes. That's right. Cardinals at Seahawks, though, Dan. What do you think of this one? I mean, divisional. I have not. I have not been high on Arizona this year, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been surprised by the Seahawks. Sure, we all have been. Yep. The Rashad Penny injury gives me pause, but I am actually going to take the Seahawks here. I am. I am putting Cliff Kingsbury on a pretty severe hot seat. Uh, yeah. I'm picking him to go two and four to start the season. He's got to right that ship, or he goes from anointed one to uh, you know, pretty boy on the streets here pretty quickly. You bring up a very good point. These are two two and three teams right now. That's wild. Um, NFC West. We knew it wasn't going to be an easy division, and somebody had to take the heat. And the Seahawks are more the surprise, and the Cardinals are, yeah, maybe where we expected. Maybe a little bit of a stumble out of the gate. Um. This one in Seattle, I don't think it matters. I think it's a divisional matchup, and I think the Cardinals have the better team, so I'm going to pick the Cardinals and go opposite you here for the first one for week six. Fair enough. But I think I said to you, too, like I wasn't too sure where um, Kingsbury was starting this season because of all of the offseason stuff the Cardinals had to go through with Murray and all that. just didn't look good for any of them. So you're right. If the Cardinals stumble here, if the Cardinals – Heck, don't make the playoffs. I think Kingsbury's gone too. Uh, we have not talked about who is gone yet this week. Well, let's just save it. Let's just save it. Obviously, that game will come up that leads to uh, the first head coach firing of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, of course, that game is probably in our two-minute no offense. But let's continue on, Dan, because the next game is your Cowboys win over the Rams. So Ooh. we're not going to skip that. 22-10. to 10. And this one you picked, Dan. You want to talk about a team that hadn't, I haven't been given credit to, and that's your Cowboys. You put some goddamn respect in your mouth for these Dallas Cowboys. I might and have I'm, to. And, and not the whole looking, team. Not the whole team. But you put no. some goddamn respect on this defense. This defense is for real, dude. This defense no is for real. People forget this is a, you know, Three score, you know, four point game. If it's not for a defensive touchdown, if it's not for Demarcus Lawrence returning a fumble, mm-hmm. big, big game by Dorrance Armstrong, big game by Micah Parsons. Yep. Everybody on the defense was absolutely flying to the fucking ball. Micah Parsons has two more sacks, two more. You just, you just watch him now on in those defensive plays. And I started seeing that on a couple of drives in this like second half where the whole offensive line just bends in to where he rushes, just bends in. He just pushes, pushes, pushes. And you're like, Phew. if he's, if he's rushing, you have to account for him. I am. Listen, I think my scouting report on Micah Parsons was not good <laughs> because I didn't see this level of pass rush ability. Yeah. I mean, you knew the natural talent was there. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things to like. We talked about that. But, oh boy, we are talking about Von Miller with coverage abilities. What a fucking beast. If he maintains this pace, he is not only looking at a Defensive Player of the Year award, mm-hmm. he is looking at potential MVP consideration. Yeah, if he continues... That takes a lot to do That defense, takes a lot. Yeah. That takes That's a lot. A, that is a quarterback... Award you're talking there. I mean, but um, look at the quarterback play this year. The quarterback this play, year, uh, quarterback play this year has not been phenomenal. Yeah. You know, you're no. talking about guys like Josh Allen. Obviously, he's doing great. Patrick Mahomes doing great. But to have a star like Micah Parsons, 
do what he has been doing against good teams. Um, none of these teams are world beaters, mind you, but he's been getting fucking push and pressure, and the league is aware. There's film on Micah Parsons, and they still can't stop him. Yeah. Uh, the other side of the ball, Stafford, over 300 yards in this one, touchdown pick, and mostly to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup again getting all of the attention, seven catches, 125 yards in this one. Um, there's that rumor now that the Rams are like, shoot, you know, Allen Robinson's not working out all this stuff. We'll just bring back Odell if he's healthy. Sure. Uh, and that, that makes the most sense, honestly, because it worked last year kind of thing. But you're right. The, this was the game for me, Dan. Like, oh, boy, the Rams are in a lot of trouble, and this should be a wake-up that the Cowboys are, yeah, they are going to be in this. Dak or no Dak? Like you said, why why rush it as you did we do with the uh, no reason? Yeah, the um, what was else we were talking about? Oh, trying to bring back uh, Jameis. Yeah, Jameis for the Saints. That being so, said, they're one game out of the division. You know, nobody is running away with the NFC West right now. Oh uh, sure, the best li- the best record in the NFC West is the 49ers at three and two, and they've got major problems. So, you know, this mm-hmm. does not preclude the Rams from being competitive this year, being in the playoffs. But, yeah, they, they've got to address a couple problems here offensively, namely, um, yeah. because the defense did everything you could ask. I think the they defense, keep them in games. Yeah, the defense held the Cowboys to, you know, it wasn't great. Uh, you know, we're obviously running the ball. Zeke had almost 80 yards. Pollard had 80 yards. Cooper Rush had 102 passing yards. If you told the Rams at the beginning of this game you're going to hold the quarterback to 102 passing yards, you think they take that? I think they do. Don't allow a 100-yard rusher? Yeah, I think that happens. I think they feel good about this. The Dallas defense was so suffocating that it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. They put points on the board. The Dallas defense damn near outscored the Los Angeles Rams offense. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, only 10 points for the Rams. They could not get the thing really going. Um, and what this sets us up is, again, Week six is giving us quite quite a, 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 a lineup here. We've already talked about Ravens, Giants. Those are two teams kind of surprising. They're going to be very good. Bengals and at Saints is a, is a tight one. Cardinals, I mean, so all the games we're talking about so far, pretty good. Here's one of our top ones. Sunday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Can the undefeated, last undefeated team get knocked down, Dan? I think I know who you're going to pick, but obviously we have to talk about the game ahead of the game. Here we go. So I will say this as well. Dallas Cowboys in primetime. Everybody always loves to shit on the Cowboys in primetime. They're like, we get too many primetime games. This mm-hmm. is a 4-1 team versus a 5-0 and team with a division fight on the line. This is exactly yeah. what the fuck you want from a Sunday night football game. This shit oh, is it's exactly. A great, yeah, this is a big game. Yeah, this is a very big game. I mean, it's the one of two that they're going to play. Uh, we're in Philly, and all of the hype is about Philly right now. So here's what happens. Cooper Rush wins this game with any sort of a good performance. There is a legit, not not from smart Cowboys fans, but from the vast majority of Cowboys fans, which are dumb motherfuckers, uh, there is a quarterback controversy of Bruin because if he goes five and zero to start the season as the quarterback, not having great games, mind you, he's having serviceable games. These are backup games. Right, uh, people are going to give way more credit to Cooper Rush than they should. It's the defense, guys. Cooper Rush did not win this game against the Rams. It was the defense. If the defense fucks up Jalen Hurts' entire life, which I think is very possible, if that sort of thing happens, we are talking about the Cowboys at five and one with a division lead. 
uh, a half game. Well, sorry, it's a half game lead against the Eagles. Uh, that's tremendous. That's a tremendously good position to be in um, with two more games to go before bye week when you can have Dak back with a week of practice and a healthy thumb. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah, being think- said, these Eagles are a really good team. They're a really mm-hmm. good team, and I'm worried about them. Um, but as long as we stay to what we should have always been doing, which is run the ball, play good defense, that team has a chance anywhere against anybody. That's yep. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Uh, and like I said, it felt like the Eagles kind of came down to earth a little bit last week. Um, what's exciting about this is, I, th- I think if you're the Cowboys, you 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 keep saying that Dak is you're going to get more options with him when he's healthy and he's back in there. So you wait till he's 100, percent you bring him back in there, and then tell you what, if you stumble at all, you can just be like, well, then we'll just put Cooper Rush back in. He's f- perfectly fine and healthy there. Yeah. So there you go. Best of all worlds. Um, I am, I like I said, I, I think I haven't taken Dallas seriously here, so I am going to take your Cowboys ah, damn in it. this one. <laughs> yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe I jinx them now. No, there's no such thing as the jinx. I'm going to take them. A Vikings fan just said there's no such thing as a jinx? <laughs> oh, only when it comes to, to you know, kickers and my my happiness. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this one, you know, whoever wins, it's, you know, it's, it's not great for the NFC. Uh, got to go through one of them. Uh, we still got your Cowboys here coming up this year. We've already, like, yeah, lost to the Eagles, so we'll see how mm-hmm. this goes. But I like them. I like Dallas uh, in this one. They seem to be coming at them at the right time. That defense is going to travel well. These two Defense travels. So I was actually well. about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Monday Nighter. We got one more here that we put a lot of really good ones here up front for you guys. Raiders Chiefs twenty nine to thirty. Uh, started off all Raiders. It was seventeen to nothing. It was twenty to ten at the half as the Chiefs got points right before the end of the half. Uh, but the Chiefs had the lead to start the fourth quarter twenty four to twenty. So they came out of nowhere and just took it back. As they do, um, I think though when we came into this, when we knew this one was going to be close, it comes down to the end. Both teams getting touchdowns and not converting the two-point conversion in the fourth quarter. The Raiders on a fourth and short at midfield when Renfro and Adams collide in routes, and from there they lose. What do we say? First half scheme, mm-hmm. second half talent. I will say this for. The fucking numbnuts, Josh McDaniels. He schemed a hell of a first half of this game. He seemed to have isolated what the problems were defensively for the Chiefs, and they exploited it. But Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame head coach, and Josh McDaniels is just fine as an offensive coordinator. And the big difference was in the second half. Kansas City came out and exploded, fucked up this defense straight out the gate till they could make some corrections in the fourth quarter. This game was a fucking blast, though. This game was an absolute fucking blast. To have the game go down the way it did, where it was just scoring drive after scoring drive, for them to hold the Chiefs and force them to punt to give the Raiders the last opportunity to have the ball, wonderful, wonderful fucking game. You feel for a guy like Derek Carr, who's doing everything he can, but he's got weapons. You know, there's no real excuses for the guy. You know, like... You feel bad because you're like, you're just a middling quarterback. And we love Derek Carr on this program. But he's just a middle-of-the-road guy. He is the new Andy Dalton. <laughs> That's not where you want to be. You don't want to be the new Andy Dalton. 
but that seems to be what Derek Carr is now, and that that gives me trouble. You know, like they're gonna have to make a move because he's just not able to take over a game the way Pat Mahomes is, the way Josh Allen is, and it's we're talking about MVP caliber guys, but the rest of this offense is so good, so good. And Darren Waller's injury, Darren Waller going down, is was really really problematic. They missed mm-hmm. a huge component of their offense when he went down. I think if he stays healthy this entire game, they might have pulled this win out. Well, they've gotten two very good weeks from Josh Jacobs. He's kind mm-hmm. of revitalized in his role that, you're right, uh, McDaniels is putting him in now. And then you're right, Adams is making like the second touchdown he catches where he's double covered and it just drops in. And not many receivers can even make that catch. And that's why you bring him in. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, you add all this stuff and you're, you're still one and four. And you look at who they played and it's like, well, that Cardinals loss in overtime rings big because that's oh, your yeah. other home loss. And then you have a lot of tough road games, Titans, Chargers, and now Chiefs. But you got, yeah, you gotta, you gotta win these. You gotta win these tight ones. You gotta win these where you're up 17, nothing on a divisional game. And, and I mean, shame on me for thinking, Hey, the Raiders got this one at one point early because mm-hmm. the Chiefs don't Never. go away. That's my pivot to Mahomes to Kelsey. Four times touchdowns in this one. Like, they still Ludicrous. got that going. Yeah, I know. They can still do that at any time. So <laughs> it's, I, just, it's almost silly. It's, like, I think laughable. About it, I think about it this way. I'm not ready to tombstone the Raiders. But a three game, being three games behind the division leader at this point in the season in the AFC West, oh man, that's fucking impossible. It's that a is very an slow start thing. for an AFC race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best they can hope is like a seventh seed right now. They can kind of hope to get hot, but I, I do see some signs of promise. You know, Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels, like I said, had a good first half. They're not as talented as the Chiefs. That became evident in the second half. But I'm not ready to give up on these Raiders just yet. That being said, we might be looking at a Devontae Adams suspension here. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's where we'll end with this one is as he's walking off, shoves one of the stadium workers to the ground, just shoves them to the ground. And uh, so they're talking about that. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna face some type of punishment, possible suspension is the talk. You almost have to make somewhat of an example of it. I mean – of the game we didn't talk about what a week ago where it was Monday Night Football in San Francisco. The guy who went out there with the sp- spray bottle Oh, going and off, got tackled by uh, Wagner. Yeah. Is trying to press charges on Wagner for doing that. And it's like, they go, well, okay, then. Or like, or, or if, then the argument they made, like, if the guy's allowed to get hit by players who go onto the field, then if a player goes into the stands and gets smacked in the face, like it happened to uh, Kyler Murray in that one game or whatever, then should be all fine, you know. I don't well, know. I it's an it's, interesting... You know, he was in the process of committing a felony, so, ah. you know, something happens when you're committing a felony, that's, you know... It'd be harder to get the argument of, uh, you know, he hit me. Yeah, but the... <laughs> The Devontae Adams one, the the thing that's troublesome about it is he just pushes the fucking guy for no reason. Like that no, was the, the fucking guy's just running across him. Yeah, and and that happens, man. Like guys just are kind of in the way. That you looks know? like a very busy exit always in football games to yeah. me, at least. Yeah, you, I mean, you just gotta 
just got to let the shit pass you by. I mean, you know the guy's not a threat. You can see in the video, he didn't, like, assess a threat. You know, no. he just was frustrated, saw somebody, and was like, I'm going to fuck up this guy's day. Yep. And, and so, so, you're right, he, yeah. he's already been on and apologized, but it's probably too little too late. He's going to take some type of punishment, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the good news is he he did apologize immediately. That's important. But the push wasn't... It wasn't like a full-body push. He basically pushes the guy a little bit. So, here's the thing. You're not allowed to do that. I think no. if Devontae Adams pays this guy some fucking money and apologizes, I think this thing goes away and maybe he gets a fine by the NFL. Sure. I don't think it's going to go full suspension. Um but it depends what the outrage is going to be. You know, the NFL yeah. response to outrage. If if everybody's cool with this, nobody gives a shit, I think it's a fine and an apology. And I'm glad his apology was, like, I was frustrated and it was a stupid thing to do instead of, like, uh, well, he said something. And now we have to be like, shoot, did it? You know, it was just, like, very straight honest and that's what it is. And we go, all right, Adam. you know, we've all been there. I've- <laughs> I, want, I want him to be like, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, that photographer... Uh, killed a couple of my dogs and um you know i haven't brought it up because i like to let a guy work you know i'm very pro pro worker but uh, yeah he killed a couple of my dogs and as he passed in front of me he said arf arf and i i just sorry i lost it i'm sorry guys everybody be on that <laughs> photographer immediately be like you're a murderer you're a dog murderer how dare yeah. you he ran he ran across and he said that uh he was a chargers fan and i think us chiefs and raiders can all get behind this guy that should not be here chargers fan it's get a him out pretty of pretty good thing that we didn't all kick the shit out of him right there like <laughs> yeah. uh or Go i just want to i want to see somebody do the steroids defense back i'm pretty fucked up on these steroids guys i'm sorry i'm, I'm just real amped <laughs> just there real will amped. be one of these days um wow we digress let's take uh what the las vegas raiders are doing week six and I'll call it a break. Oh. We're going to have a break. They are on a bye week, week six. We will take a break. And when we return, the two minute no offense, all the rest of the games, and we get you ready for the rest of week six. Come on back. This is the push off. Cold talk in the cold But if you find yourself in this section of the game, maybe you couldn't score a fucking touchdown to save your life. Maybe you're a pathetic goddamn franchise that traded for a corny-ass quarterback or a decrepit 37-year-old quarterback, former MVP. Maybe <laughs> maybe you're getting the hints that the Indianapolis-Denver games in this two-minute no offense, because in a wonderful, wonderful season of games, what a fucking stinker that was. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows it. Everyone's been taking dumps on it, but... Oh boy, it was. It was nothing fun. Uh, let's get through it and the three others, huh? Starting uh, the clock. Ready to go. Let's start Colts Broncos. It was an overtime game. Yeah, there. Even the Broncos fans just just f- fled to the exits. But Colts won it, twelve to nine. This is awful. This was an awful fucking game. Matt Ryan looks like part of the problem. 
Uh, Russell Wilson looks like he doesn't have his full complement of strength. I know he heard something about like his lat was bothering mm. him. He's got some like shoulder soreness, which sure maybe, but he's also okay. making bad fucking decisions. You know, is your lat to your brain? fucking up your decision making just a bad game I don't have a lot of hope for either of these teams but weirdly Indy's 2-2-1 two, two, and one, they're still in that fucking thing and Denver's 2-3 and three. they're not too far out of a wild card so if they straighten it up it could still happen but bad bad game Denver lost some big ones though uh, tackle balls and uh, yeah, bowls starting and left cornerback Darby out for the season tough both of them uh, the Bills beating up on another team this time the Steelers and their rookie quarterback Pickett 38-3 to three. Buffalo shouldn't have been allowed to play a rookie quarterback this week. That's that's not fair to uh, to Pittsburgh. But I will say this. Kenny Pickett looked like a rookie, but some toughness in that kid that I really, really liked. Especially at the end of the game, somebody went low on him, and he was like, I'm going to fuck you up. And that dude yeah. was like, had 50 pounds on him. So I like it. I like the fight. James Daniels is out there. They seem to like this kid. I, I think he's going to be a good rook. Yeah. he put. He, I mean, yeah, he threw for a lot. Bad Josh game. Allen. Bad game. Josh Allen threw for even more, and Davis and Diggs and everybody had it going, and, man, the Bills look like uh, unstoppable stuff right now. Uh, The Patriots beating up on the Lions at home. They shut them out, 29 to nothing. Bailey Zappi. Yeah, and we also thought this was going to be a Patricia revenge game. We didn't know it was going to go the other way. Matt Patricia Mm -hmm. dropping fucking truth on this Lions team that is in a lot of fucking trouble, and Aaron Glenn is in a lot of fucking trouble. I mean, it had to be those throwback uniforms. They looked too good. That's true. Too um, and finally, the 49ers beat the Panthers 37-15 to oh. and just take his job away. That's the two-minute no offense. This game had nothing remarkable except for what happened at the end of it. On Monday, Matt Rule fired as head coach of the Cleveland Cleveland, oh my God, of the Carolina Panthers. You just think shitty team. Yeah, but uh, man, this was we can kind of see this coming other than how much money he's still going to be making from the Panthers, but you had to move on. Jimmy, uh, sorry, I was about to say Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker yeah. Mayfield having a high ankle sprain, being just yes. a middling fucking quarterback, having a very Baker Mayfield day, and then a high ankle sprain. You've got to go to P.J. Walker for the rest of this. There is no. no part of you, if you're David Tepper, that thinks, I know, I think... This guy, Matt Rule, is going to rally the team behind P.J. Walker after I've given him two first-round pick reclamation projects at quarterback. If you're David Tepper and Matt Rule pushed you to bring in Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, by all means, fire him. If Matt Rule asked for somebody like Matt Coral and instead you forced Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield on him, then Matt Rule deserves all this money. <laughs> Yeah, because okay. he has good not point. been put in a good position in terms of quarterback play. Now, most teams in the no. NFL aren't, but I don't know who was making these decisions. If it was Rule, yeah, he's got to move the fuck on. This organization is in a worse position than when he took it over. And it was on a downslope then, and he he basically has hit the bottom. Um, that being said, Steve Wilkes took over as the interim, G, as the interim head coach. Um, I think that's going to really help Steve Wilkes if he can get any sort of performance from this uh, Panthers team. But there's a talent deficiency here in Carolina. It's it's not necessarily Matt Rule, but there's a talent deficiency that needs to be addressed. Oh, yeah. And when they got rid of Rule and one of the coordinators, too, with this firing. The um, D coordinator, yeah. Okay, defense coordinator. And so that, yeah, kind of rules that, that shows that they're they're going in a direction that tempers – done with done with rule and he wants to go another way so that's fine it, it's it's early in the season it 
it really ca- casts this one into a either it flashes the team around and they come racing back, you know, kind of thing. But I, my only thought is the reason why Matt Rule started this season after, you know, five weeks he's already gone is Christian McCaffrey was never healthy. And the idea that you just never had a, a healthy team to put out there. And then when we finally did, I mean, Baker Mayfield was starting quarterback. I mean, he got he got he traded over here pretty late in the the race here yeah. of the off season. So, I you're right. That's a very good question as to who's that that's on because there was a lot of fumble with creating this Panthers team this year. Because the GM is a guy named Scott Fitterer, and uh, Scott Fitterer has his name on the Sam Darnold and the Baker Mayfield trade. Sure. Which is not great. He also has his name on picking up uh, Sam Darnold's fifth-year option. And I think we're going to see great. Sam Darnold yeah, walk back in the Panthers' head starting quarterback this year again, too. And if you're Panthers fans, you can't get too excited about that. You saw it last year. But the Panthers have drafted okay. I like Icky Aquanu. I think he's been playing pretty well this year. I like Matt Coral um, as a potential JC developmental. Horn. Yeah, there's there's been a decent draft here. So Fitterer... That's what I'm saying. If Fitterer was a guy that was like, hey, maybe we just draft a guy in the third round and you know maybe go after some veterans but not give us all this capital to get these fucking junk quarterbacks. Yeah. If if Rule pushed for that, he's got to go. If it's Fitterer, Fitterer might be next. We'll see. Um, Panthers are going on the road to play the L.A. Rams this week. Uh, what do you think of this one, Dan? I think it's a get-right game for the Rams, man. I think it's a yeah. get-right game. Um, that being said, PJ Walker, uh, could be a problem. Um, there's not a ton of film on PJ Walker. Uh, I don't love the Rams, but their defense is too good against a pretty bad Panthers offense. Walker has worked, you know, counting out for the Panthers some last year, a uh, handful of times. Uh, Rams will be fine at home. That's a tough one. Panthers going all the way to the West coast after mm-hmm. this, uh, firing of a head coach. You know, who, who, who's supposed to pack the... Yeah, there's going to be some mess. So, yeah, Rams will take that one. I just hope they all show up with pants. Yeah. Um, another just amazing game for this week, week six. I mean, phew, Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you kidding me? That was the best game we got last year uh, in the playoffs that happened last year in the divisional round. We get it here week six. Bills at Chiefs. Dan, where are we going with this one? The Bills look unstoppable. Mm. I love me some Andy Reid, and if this was after a bye week, I'd be picking him. But this this Buffalo team, if they don't make the Super Bowl, it can't be anything other than a disappointment. They're too talented. They're too loaded on both sides of the ball. Barring massive fucking injury, anything but a Super Bowl trip for this team it seems like a waste. Mm. Putting a lot on them there. Uh, so obviously you're taking them in this one. Oh, no, I'm uh, picking them to this- lose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> This game is in Kansas City, so it's not going to be easy for Buffalo. But you're right, they are they are hitting them at the perfect time. It seems like you should. Uh, I, they seem perfectly healthy right now, too. I don't think Buffalo's missing any big players right now. Isn't Tre'Davious White back? Uh, he he's back? he's coming back, but they they do have a couple injuries. Uh, Micah Hyde's not coming back. That's problematic. Yeah. So they have taken a couple hits this year, but the defense seems like it's still doing really well. Right, doesn't seem to matter so far. They they seem like they're the hot, hot team. So, yeah, come at the Chiefs now. This was the game, too, that I'm sure Buffalo's been circled. You know, this is there's no looking past this game for either of these teams. 
Can't wait. Can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills, too. I like the Bills here, even though it's in Kansas City. But, man, um, it's not going to be an easy one for either team. No. Uh, the Detroit Lions are another team with a bye week, week six. So Lions get a bye week after the shutout. That sucks. If you're Lions fans, you start feeling good about this team. Last few weeks, you let you know that game Minnesota lost get away from you. A race with the Seahawks at home doesn't go your way, and then you get shut out on the road. Yeah, Detroit at one and four, having a tough one and four. Yeah, you, know, you, and you feel like you had three of those losses. That's tough. So clean it up with this bye week. Come on back. Come on back. Uh, Chargers Browns. This one is a fun one, so I want to talk about it now. Thirty to twenty eight. Five lead changes in this game. At halftime, it was 17 to 21 Browns. Um, to flash at the end, Chargers with an interception at the goal line with under three minutes left in this one. Uh, but they go to the fourth and two uh, in Cleveland territory. They don't convert it. So they give the ball back to the Browns, who get a chance to try what ends up being a 54. Yard field goal at regulation, basically. Can't, can't hit it. So the Chargers win it on the road. Yeah, the, the kicker there in Cleveland's have a pretty tough year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not coming up with the clutch shit, so he, he might be looking for a new job here relatively soon. But there's not a lot of great kickers out on the road. So uh, Jacoby Brissett had a Jacoby Brissett game. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are still a dynamic fucking team. And Cleveland's 2-3, and three, which is in this division. Pittsburgh's going to be the bottom somebody's got to do better. Cleveland's still in this thing. If Deshaun comes back and is the Deshaun Watson of a couple years ago, Cleveland is very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. The Chargers, who are looking at a a wildcard situation, need a win like this so much more than the Browns do because the Browns are going to have reinforcements coming in. The Chargers are not. This is the best Chargers team we're going to get all year um, now that, you know, Bosa's out. This is the best they're going to do. They've got to pick up these wins to even have a chance of the wild card because they're not taking the division. So, huge win for the Chargers. Understandable loss for the Browns, but the Browns are just waiting for Week 11. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I These two teams were so, so even in this game, and now that they finish, you know, Chargers now 3-2, and two, Browns are 2-3, and three, and it's that kind of fall of the coin in this one it could have gone another way at at any time and we'd be talking about it that way but we both picked the chargers in this one uh on the road to pick up this win is a big is a big part too for the chargers i think that's what puts them just that that little bit over this browns team browns have kind of been surprising that they've been in most of these games but they're not really winning the close one so that's going to be a problem uh, the Chargers are on Monday Night Football, and they got the Denver Broncos. The Broncos have to play primetime again. We'll get we'll get through it, everybody. Just work together. <laughs> now we're taking tells on these Broncos, but uh, we had Monday Night Football, the other AFC West, to mm-hmm. just the other night. So here's these two: Broncos at Chargers. Dan, who do you like? I hope the Chargers just straight up waffle stomp this Denver Broncos team. Uh, mm-hmm. I there's nothing I like about the Broncos right now. I mean, I love Cortland Sutton, I love Jerry Judy, but man, they haven't been utilized to their full extent. Russell Wilson doesn't seem like the Russell Wilson they traded for. Um, Justin Herbert, good as advertised. Chargers offense, good as advertised. They need to get a couple wide receivers healthy here, but uh, I I can see them coming in and uh, and winning this game. 
the way that this season started for the Broncos and then after that Thursday night game, it's been a long week of everyone being like, oh, man, that was that's a lot of money for Russell Wilson. He's going to mm-hmm. be around for many, many years. Uh, that you know, you just hired Nathaniel Hackett, who's supposed to be an offensive genius for him too. You know, Aaron Rodgers, man, this is all supposed to be how this setup works, and it seems like a big old swinging whiff right now for the Broncos. So, what they roll out with here on the road in LA will be very interesting to see. I don't have any faith in them, so yeah. I got to go Chargers here too. But let's ride. Yeah, yeah. At this point, you don't have a lot to lose, Broncos. So let's ride, indeed. Uh, Patriots at Browns. What do you think of that one? Uh, I think the Browns are more talented than the Patriots. Um, I think Bill Belichick always hates the Browns, though. And so mm-hmm. I, if Patricia is able to put 29 points on Detroit, I think I think Bill Belichick's going to put some sort of demon hex on Cleveland. I'm going to take New England against Cleveland, even though I think Cleveland's the better team. This is a good game. This is a, just a nice matchup game. I'm going to take Browns at home just because they're at home. And I like the way they've been running the ball. So we'll be opposite that one. Uh, here's one we didn't pick, you and me both, Dolphins, Jets, 17-40 uh, to 40 Jets. Um, maybe the Jets got a pass in this one. We'll kind of talk about it. But uh, it was tight in the first half, 14-19 to 19 Jets at the half. Uh, we didn't get a lot of Teddy Bridgewater in this one. Why? Well, very early in this one, he gets hit by Sauce Gardner, the rookie mm-hmm. uh, cornerback, Sauce. came on a very good blitz, did not see it, gets smacked down. It's a safety because it was also an intentional grounding in the end zone. So this game has started off 2 nothing. Uh, as you start the noon hour and you're trying to keep track of everything, that catches your eye. Teddy Bridgewater did not return. Instead, we get Skylar Thompson and his uh, first go at it for the Miami Dolphins. Um, and that is because, well, I guess because of the Tua injury that just happened earlier this year, now the NFL has this independent person that if they believe somebody gets up wobbly, and that was Teddy Bridgewater in this game, he had to leave, and he wasn't allowed to return. So Bridgewater was out of this game. We got Skylar Thompson, who held his own good in the first half. I mean, it was 17-19 to 19 Jets to start the fourth quarter. It was that tight. But Jets pulled away four touchdowns uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I don't know. Zach Wilson just turns it on for the end of games. He just But didn't have a touchdown. Himself warmed up. That's true. He only ran and went in in this game. Yeah. It was all rushing touchdowns for the Jets. It was all uh, Brees Hall, to be honest with you. Brees Hall had almost 200 yards from scrimmage. Um, was a fucking playmaker in this thing. He looked great. Michael Carter getting a ton of touches. This is the sort of way you want to win if you're the Jets, is you say, yeah. Zach, don't make mistakes, which he didn't. No interceptions, making good decisions, you know, reaching for a couple, you know, getting to the goal line, reaching that one in. He almost knocked himself unconscious there and left the game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the way the Jets are going to have to win. And this is what the Dolphins deserve for the way they handled that Tua injury as well. I so, wondered if we were going to go on deserve, yeah, because... Teddy Bridgewater probably I don't know I don't know if he had a concussion. In fact, that I thought the room the the what they said was that he cleared all concussion protocol once he left. It's just the rule is well he can't return because somebody thought he looked wobbly. <laughs> and I think why if you're the Dolphins are you willing to put yourself in that position again? Oh, that's right, a win because this very well could have been won by the Miami Dolphins with a steady Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. Yeah. Um, even though they had a rough start to the game. This was well within reach until the fourth quarter. 
um, when it seemed like Miami yes. kind of quit. We uh, so I guess the, then we talk about what they deserve, what the Dolphins deserve. So when they kept Tua in that game against Buffalo, they came out with a win, and that was a very big win against the Bills, comeback win at home. Uh, since then, they lost two of the next week uh, against the Bengals, and we argued that maybe Tua being in would have been enough for them to win. So there's already a loss there. And then lost another quarterback that at least prepared for this week, Teddy Bridgewater, immediately on the road here in New York Jets. So now that's two there. Are the Miami Dolphins washed of the mistake they made of keeping Tua in week two against the Bills? Dan, can they can they come back now? I think the football gods have punished them enough. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't think it's necessarily over. Mm-hmm. Um because they've got a tough road to hoe here. They're in the AFC East, which is better than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um you know, we didn't think the Jets were going to be this good. I, yeah. I mean, I can say that pretty quickly. I didn't think the Jets were going to be this good. We didn't think the Dolphins were going to be this good. We did not think the Patriots were going to be as serviceable uh, as they are. And I think they're going to lose another one because they've got yo Vikings. Yeah. But first, because uh, we're not there yet, let's talk about who the Jets have. Let's talk about Jets at Packers. So Jets go to Lambeau. The the Packers back from uh, the loss in in London to return home. Who do you like in this one? I mean, I think the Packers are a better team, but it looks like Zach Wilson's been fucking the right amount of moms, and uh, <laughs> his powers are at an all time high. So I, I I can't take a Jets upset. The Jets are three and two. I think they're going to go three and three. But mm. it's a it's a resurgent year for the Jets, and Robert Sala has got to be excited. Yeah, um, I think uh, I was close with what the Packers are this year, but they still are going to be strong enough, I think, to get ahead of these Jets at home and control the game. Uh, they'll play it much smarter here. Uh, I like the Packers. And that, that crowd gets behind them uh, pretty well here. And I don't think Jets fans will travel no. that well to Lambeau. So I like the Packers too. All right, before we talk about that Vikings-Dolphins game, let's talk about their win. Let's talk about the Vikings' win. At home, they beat the Bears 29-22. to um, I watched, you know, this whole thing, of course. Uh, it was started off as a wet dream would. 3-21, to <laughs> Vikings just dominating. They scored their first three drives were touchdowns. Uh, Kirk Cousins started 17-17. of That's a franchise record for completions in a game the uh, record for the nfl i believe is 25 by dan do you know uh 20 kurt warner no uh good gresco it was philip rivers philip rivers holds the record right now that makes sense which i believe is 25 completions to start a game um and then it was 10 to 21 at the half because of uh a phenomenal darnell mooney catch. yeah very nice darnell mooney catch you just can't guard it and they get a touchdown off that bears double dip us now the vikings picked to get the ball to start the game they drove down there they got the touchdowns like we're gonna make the bears one-dimensional can't well, regret it even up 21 to 3 they couldn't bury them before the half bears double dip them uh meaning you got a touchdown right before the half to get a touchdown their first drive of the second half this game is 16 21 all of a sudden what happened to the lead? In the fourth quarter, Bears take the lead away, twenty-two to twenty-one, uh, and then, thankfully, you know, I, uh, for me as a Vikings fan, I can breathe as they put together a very masterful drive from there, down the field, 
taking the touchdown, uh, a lead with just over two minutes. They got touchdown and then two point conversion. Um, Bears moving the ball down the field. Now, what's funny is the Bears first one of their very first plays of their last drive is a strip sack, but the Bears happened to land on it. But you're like, well, gosh, now it's second and forever. And Montgomery catches a pass and stumbles his way for like 25 yards and a first down, and all of a sudden they're at midfield again. You're like, I've lived this so much these last two years at damn Vikings. But Dantzler pulls it away from Amir Smith-Marset, an old Viking draft pick, uh, which a lot of Bears fans are calling a you know, double agent on a that. A betrayal. Yeah, but uh, Cameron Dantzler becomes the big winner in that one um, with the with – the, the the fumble pull away there at the end. I thought it was a great play. I mean, to end the game, that's a wonderful way to end the game. Like it's so off, decisive. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a great play um, by Dantzler. He looked. I forget how fucking skinny he looks all the time. Yeah, he does. And and then, especially now that you can wear single numbers. Oh yeah, it just it makes him look tiny, man. And but just watching him ferociously because he blew a couple coverages. I want to say on the drive before that, and completely yeah. redeemed himself. So and he's that kind of a guy still. Like you're right, you do you 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 play him, and when you watch him, you're you're kind of on edge. And so when he, even that play alone, he gets shoved to the ground before he gets mm-hmm. up and steals the ball. But it's a, it, this Vikings team has got to make you feel good about winning these close ones. Yeah. Um, this is something the Vikings were not able to do last year. They are winning close games, and they are 4-1 and one because of it, which is a very respectable record with two division wins already. Feels great, Sorry, Jefferson. three. Three division wins. Yep. They won all their games so far uh, against everybody, though. They were all at home. Piled them up in, at home uh, playoff or divisional games to start the season, so... Stockpile. Uh, the, yeah, the worst would be splitting with everybody uh, because you play them all on the road now. So we'll see how this goes from here. Uh, but yeah, it kind of feels like you know winning, winning and learning at the same time. And you just hope that they just get get better from here. I was shocked by the David Montgomery stats in this game because I was like, man, David Montgomery had a really good game under a hundred yards from scrimmage. Uh, yeah. That's just how bad the Bears' offense is, though. <laughs> Yeah, they they had to kind of get away from it at times to catch up. Uh, I'm, you talk to most Bears fans though, and they say that that's was probably the best the fields has looked. I think the Vikings are giving a very plain "don't beat us" defense though right now, and agreed. And they just are are hoping they score you know twenty eight or more points. And so far, so far, knock on wood, it's been working for them. But you're right, this week. They go to Miami. It is Vikings at Dolphins. Uh, I'm not sure who the starting quarterback is for the Dolphins yet. Have you heard? Uh, I haven't. I mean, I'm sure Teddy's still in protocol. I'm sure Miami is waiting until the absolute last minute to make the decision to be like, we did it. We did everything you wanted us to do. I swear to God, Teddy's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it doesn't matter who plays. I'm I'm not going with Miami. I think they're a good team, but I think this Vikings team is actually legitimately good. Uh, it has a chance to take a not-fresh Teddy or a definitely seventh-round Skylar Thompson. Uh, I haven't seen a good K-State Wildcat quarterback since Josh Freeman. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to take the Vikings here. I think Teddy could do fine against us here, and I think that defense scares me a little bit. Um, I don't quite know what we hit of the running game, probably Raheem Mostert, but I could see him running all over us too. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel great about the Vikings on the road here, uh, especially because of the last – 
few games that they've won. So I'm picking against my Vikings. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins at Ooh. home. That's good defense. Uh, uh, call it a Teddy revenge game. I think we catch Teddy. Uh, let me say this. If it's Skyler Thompson, I'll take my Vikings on that. Uh, all right. All right. That's fair. That's yeah. a fair caveat. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm taking Teddy. So we'll do that. Falcons, Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers win this one 21 to 15. But we both they picked it. But did, but did they? But did they? Um, and this starts the – well, and we didn't talk about it in the uh, Raiders game too, but it, the Chiefs ended up winning that one. Yeah, the Raiders they, game wound up being a non-issue. Although, there's a big I old will, issue in this one, yeah. I will say with the Chris Jones thing, the rule was very specific about not putting your full body weight onto the quarterback. True. That, he did very, take the ball specific. already. They were like saying like yeah. this is the first time a roughing the passer call was made on a quarterback – when the guy who did the roughing already had the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think that was a shitty one, but I understand the application of the rule. I don't understand the application of the rule on this one. This yeah, seemed like a pretty game. fucking clean sack. And Tom um, Brady was like, you hit, you did it too hard on me. Yeah, like, it's a flash That's not a fucking penalty. In this game, it was uh, Buccaneers 13 to nothing at the half. The Falcons didn't do anything uh for almost three quarters of this game they finally showed up here late in the third they started putting up points and they started catching up with the buccaneers um it was real close in this one this was a fourth down play we're talking about where jarrett right yeah grady jarrett grady jarrett sacks uh tom brady i mean god and it just looked totally normal he's he's pulling the ground he does kind of toss him over him but that's how that sack tackle looks yeah and they throw the flags to for roughing the passer on brady and it's fourth down or it would have led a fourth down which would have been a punt the falcons would have gotten the ball back and who knows from there who knows what would have happened but and it's it would have been so more clean. fun to see that yeah it's such a clean fucking sack well especially I, because we saw Tua get blanked out by a much further you know harder yank to the ground in that thursday night game than what happened to Brady in that sack so much more. I, I don't know what you expect a guy like Grady Jarrett to do. I'd, if I was the Falcons, I would be I, I would be livid. I would be fucking incensed. Now, I know it's Tom Brady and I know he gets the fucking calls, but they had the momentum. You know, yeah. if you force that fourth down, they have to punt it. There's no way f- for them to go for it. It's too long of a conversion. You get the ball back with three minutes to go and a hot offense. I think that changed the entire complexity of the game. I think it gave the Buccaneers a win. I don't think these Buccaneers are a 3 and 2 team. I don't think they're that good. I really don't. I know they beat the Cowboys on opening night. I know they got a hell of a defense. Tom Brady has not looked like Tom Brady this year. I will say that. The end of this one and then that Saints one, both of those do feel like wonky wins for me for this Buccaneers team. Um but they did control this game for the majority of it. I mean that that play was unfortunate that call is very unfortunate and it does feel almost i mean i think if you're a buccaneers fan you you almost want to be like i wish we didn't win based on that call because it feels like a hollow victory where we should be able to take these falcons players a team much easier than that now it's divisional it's divisional it's divisional and i keep you know shitting on the falcons and i don't think they're that bad of a team in fact (laughs) there's not like you know seller seller right now and there's not I mean, there's a few, like, top-of-the-tier teams here, but 
Yeah, the seller can get shuffled around here, and anybody can win any given Sunday. That's what's making it a good season. Falcons are are feisty, uh, and they could have done this in Tampa, but they didn't, and we flash on. We continue to the Falcons at home with the 49ers coming to town, Jimmy G and the gang. It would have given the Falcons the division lead, by the way, if If they had beaten them. If they won this, yeah, then all of a sudden they're at the top of the South because that's a wonky division too here. That's crazy. Um, I think the 49ers team is just too good. The 49ers just always seem to be able to find a running back. 49ers just always seem to be able to put a defense on the field that is entirely too impressive. Um, They're just too complete of a team. Um, even with Jimmy G. Jimmy G looks like an upgrade at the quarterback position for this year. I understand why they made the switch, but uh, what was that fucking kid's name again? Trey Lance, right? <laughs> if if I'm at the 49ers, I, I'm not remembering Trey Lance. I'm, I'm riding this Jimmy G train, and he keeps having Jimmy G games, and that's all you can expect. Yep. You know how this works uh, if you're the Niners, and I think it's so far, as long as you, your stud guys remain healthy, it could work for them, and they can still be a strong team in the NFC, and I think everyone's coming around to them as like, yeah, one of those teams in the NFC that your Cowboys and my Vikings need to go look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense travels. This is a noon start game on the East Coast instead of what they got in Carolina last week, which somehow was a late start game. Um, lucky for the Niners in that scenario, but this one is noon. Now, did they stay on the East Coast all week? I don't I think would. so. I yeah. would. I I bet they burned the the fuel, but this will be an interesting one for them. But I still like your rank. I like that defense. I like them on the road. I'll take the Niners too. Uh, We go, oh, Buccaneers at Steelers. What do you like of this one? Ooh, I mean, the Buccaneers, I'm shitting on the Buccaneers a little bit, but the Buccaneers defense is for real, and Pittsburgh needs to put it together offensively. I anticipate a lot of yardage by Kenny Pickett, but I anticipate Mm -hmm. a lot of mistakes. I'm going to, as much as I've been anti them this year, I'm going to fire the cannons one more time. Uh, <laughs> That's the Tampa right. Bay Buccaneers to go four and two as a fraudulent four and two team. Just firing cannons, shitting on them. Hey, listen, the Steelers are rebuilding. Kenny Pickett, this is going to make them a bottom five team for a little bit. So the Buccaneers, even in Pittsburgh, going to take care of business on the road. I like the Buccaneers as well. Uh, what a nice lineup for them this week. Uh, let's talk about, okay, just two more games that we haven't discussed from last week. So let's wrap them up. The Titans and Commanders game. This game was a fun one. It was back and forth. We had a couple of big old, uh, exciting plays. Uh, Titans win it 21, 17. It was 14 to 10 Titans at the half. So they just, yeah, back and forth scoring touchdowns in the third scoreless in through the fourth quarter though. Uh, Commanders last drive to the goal line. An interception on third and goal, time expiring. It seemed to just kind of bounce into the wrong hands, and the Commanders lose a, a tight one at home. Statistically, Carson Wentz had a good game. If you watch the game, that, doesn't he? Yeah. If you watch the game, he didn't make a lot of good decisions when he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Carson Wentz threw for over 350 yards in this game. Two touchdowns. Not enough. Uh, like I said, made some real bad decisions on third down plays was getting himself sacked way more often than he needs to. He seems to hold on to the ball way too fucking long. Um, so, yeah, I think if I'm if I'm the Titans, this is a big win. Um, the Titans have a playmaker in Derrick Henry that you just keep feeding him the ball and he keeps wearing people down, and that's important. There doesn't seem to really be a playmaker on the Commanders. They can't run for shit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin is, is good, but he's, 
you got to get a ton more separation if you want Carson Wentz to hit you. Yeah. Commanders D had a good game, uh, five sacks themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was oh, it was Diami Brown with uh, two touchdowns for the Commanders. A uh, deep one. He had over 100 yards. Uh, Commanders have some some young guys that might uh, have some flash in the pans here for them in the future. But uh, there's yeah, some talent. Gonna... It's just yeah, it's bad. They're one and four, and they deserve to be. Yeah, this year they're at the bottom here too. Uh, they go on Thursday night football to play the Bears. Oof, what a junk-ass game. But it's a good matchup, at least for, I mean, it's Thursday night football, and Thursday night football's been very wonky this year, so we might as well do Commanders-Bears. Who bought these Thursday night games? <laughs> what, a, what a real shit slate they gave them. Uh, it's at home. I'm going to pick the Bears. I don't believe in the Commanders. Um, I think Justin Fields has gotten progressively better over the year. Um, the Bears' defense isn't terrible, and I, I anticipate Carson Wentz is going to make some bad fucking decisions. So uh, I see the Bears evening their record at 3-3, three and three, which is better than I thought they'd be doing. They are in their orange helmets in this week, too. So the Bears will be... Oh. Uh, yeah, they're, they're new ones here. That's week six, yeah. So we'll see how they do. I like them, too. You, you, you take I think you take the home team on Thursday night, as we've been doing all, all year. It seems to be working. Uh, the other... Except last week. Six. The Falcons. Who do the Falcons have this week? Oh, the Niners. They'll be wearing their throwbacks. Do we like the Falcons? Oh. Those red helmets? No, no, not against the just Niners. Because, Fuck no. Just because they're wearing the Niners against the Niners. Um, all right, let's continue on. Who else? I thought we had Texans-Jags. <laughs> yeah, that's the last game we have left. Oh. <laughs> uh, but first of all, the Tennessee Titans, also oh, yeah. by week, week six. They're taking yep. it off, week six. Texans-Jags. Texans win it 31-6. to Dan, you picked it. I did. So you got me on that one. Um, this was also sorry a, thirteen to six. Did it? Did, what did I say? You said thirty-one. I was like, that would have been a fun game. This Dyslexic was not a fun game. I am. Yeah, thirteen to six. Um, no, this was not a fun game. A six all at the half. Uh, six all into the fourth quarter. Um, the the uh, Texans end up getting a touchdown with about three eleven left in this game. Lawrence throws intercept in the end zone, and then another one at the end, trying to come back. Texans so, win. positives for the Jaguars. Travis Etienne looks like he was a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they got to make a decision to either move James Robinson on if they want to keep Travis Etienne as their primary back, and I, they can still get value for Robinson, I think. Yeah, um, they move quicker, yeah. Yeah, the negative, uh, Trevor Lawrence, man. Not uh, not what he was advertised. Not a general. I mean, we didn't give him a, an elite grade. Everybody called him a generational talent. I didn't see it. I didn't see it on film. Um Davis Mills gonna have a new uh, gonna have a new starter there in Houston next year, guaranteed. Um, he just he doesn't look like an NFL quality quarterback, but he's gonna have a nice long career as a backup um, with the kind of playing time he's getting right now. And they found a runner in Damian Pierce. Uh, yeah. He is a good back, man. He's breaking fucking tackles. He's running like a young Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah, he had most of their offense uh, for the Texans in this game. I want to talk about the. Uh First overall pick, uh, Trayvon Walker, there was one play in this game where he jumps off sides, knew it, continued with the play because they didn't blow the whistle, and it was, you know, they are going to get a free play. So tosses Mills to the ground in a way that resulted in a uh, roughing the passer after that. But it was like, man, man, he knew that the play was going to continue. Might as well take it. So it was so funny to see that, but... um that's a bad call by the referees because you're actually supposed to call the play dead if yeah. it is unabated to the quarterback. 
So yeah, that is that is a him. bad decision in terms of protecting players by the referees. So I don't think he's a little they inconsistent thought, here because like he jumped and then everybody was ready for him and he still got through because he was like, well, might as well go. I don't know. It was wild. <laughs> Uh, those are our games. The Giants go to Jacksonville. They're going to play the Jaguars this week. So with the first game we talked about the Giants to the end of the Jaguars. Who do you like in this one, Dan? I think I'm going to take the Giants again. I'm, I'm liking this hot hand by Brian Dable. Could the Giants go 5-1? and one? Good mm-hmm. Lord. I mean, I, I've been pro-Giants this year, so I'm going to do it again. Go Giants and... Uh, you know, this Jacksonville team, I, I'd love it if Jacksonville beat them. I'd love to get a little separation in the division, but Jacksonville doesn't feel like a complete team, and right now the Giants kind of do. I'm off. Hold on. Giants are playing the Ravens. It's Jaguars-Colts. Why did I say Giants? I'm sorry, Dan. Flash no it all back. Ignore that stuff. <laughs> I think they do very well against the Giants, I mean, if they were playing them. Um, against the Colts, you said it's this in is Indy? in Indy. Yeah, Jag- it's uh, Jaguars-Colts. Jaguars win against the Colts in Indy. It's weird. Well, no, sorry. They lose against the Colts in Indy, so I'm going to take the Colts. They The Colts lose in Jacksonville. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, they'll trade back and forth this year, but I'll go Colts. Yeah, next week the Giants go to, to the Jaguars, so I can jump ahead, but it is Jaguars and Colts here. I like the Colts, too, getting off that that mess that they've started the season with. They, they, they started slow last year, too, and then they got things going. The Jaguars... Yeah, I don't know. You guys, they surprised me in uh, L.A. against the Chargers. I don't know what they are. I'll take the Colts. The Houston Texans, bye week, week six. So there you go. I think That's they'll what lose. everybody's doing. Yeah. I think they'll lose. <laughs> That's what everybody's doing week six. But Damian everybody. Pierce will have a bunch of a bunch of broken tackles. So yeah. don't be anywhere near Damian Pierce this week because he's breaking fucking tackles. Records on that. Uh, you're still ahead of me by two in picks, Dan. You have 47. I have 45. Our second week in a row splitting. We and I take f- the more dangerous choices. Let that okay, be on well, the uh, let that be on the record. Things on the I'm record. a bolder picker. You pick what you pick, bolder picker. <laughs> um, but that's what we have for this week, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. For uh, this one got a little long. Nah, whatever. We had fun. Um, I'm. Uh, Scott and Dan here. We do this show every week. We do this show, so please subscribe. Tell your friends. We'll be back next week to talk about week six and what's happening in week seven. I know week seven, my Vikings have a bye week. I want to be happy heading into it. Wouldn't be nice. Let's go. Uh, I have some crazy stats before we say goodnight. Uh, Pat Mahomes now has more career touchdown passes than Troy Aikman. Not a surprise. Troy Aikman didn't have a lot. Yeah. It's a different uh, generation, but that's quick, Pat Mahomes. That's very, very quick. But uh, we still got three rings, so Pat Mahomes got some work to do. (laughs) And Travis Kelsey's four-touchdown night came on a passing yard night for him of 25 yards. That is obviously the lowest ever for someone with four passing touchdowns. The, The lowest prior to this, that of somebody who caught four touchdowns, was Marvin Jones, who had... 93 yards that game. <laughs> wow. When you catch four touchdowns, you're supposed to have more than 25 yards, Travis you, Kelsey. But do you remember that does. game? Uh, Jerome Bettis had three touchdowns and two yards. Uh, there, wa- <laughs> there was a game like that, too, for the Vikings where, uh, um, oh, number 44, uh, Matt Asiata had like three runs for each of them a yard and a touchdown. Like they just gave him the ball at the goal line. Yeah, I'm looking, up, I'm looking up the stats. 
because I was like, what the fuck? I, I remember this. I remember this game. I couldn't remember. It was the Raiders versus the Steelers. Mm. Jerome Bettis had five carries, one yard, three TDs. Wouldn't it be a Raiders-Steelers game? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just? <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. So, Dan, please take us out with the parting words of wisdom. The season is long. The concrete for tombstones has dried. Next week, there's an opportunity to hand out one or two of them, depending on how the weeks go. We will have a tombstone before midseason. I promise you this. Let your team not be the recipient of it. Uh, There's still a lot of games left to play. There will be one team right now that is leading their division that will miss the playoffs entirely. This is the NFL. It's any given Sunday, and it's going to get fucking weird. So uh, we're 4-1. You're 4-1. Get a little nervous here in the beginning of the season. Uh, Hopefully we both make it to the playoffs, and, you know, that has to be the Buccaneers or some shit like that. So, uh, Mm. I I mean, we're not firing the cannons on them all season. I'm just telling you that right off the top of the bat. But, ooh, can't wait. There we go. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for another episode. I am Scott. And this is Dan. And we will see you here next week. Goodbye.